Welcome to episode 11 of the False Line Podcast. I'm, as always, your host Greg Johnson. With me today is uh, James Dutton. How are you, James? Yeah, not bad, thanks. And uh, Johnny Singer, fresh from, from the mail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Should I not mention that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's what I do, so yeah, yeah, it's fine. Freelance, just want to make that clear. It's, it's football writing, it's good, it's, it, it, yeah, it, it's all good. Speaking of football, that's why we're here. Uh, the Champions League was this week, it returned. Um, lots of interesting fixtures. Um, strangely, Liverpool, the only English club to get a win. Um, James, you seem the obvious man to go to on this. Ludacrids, should, should you know? Should you be proud of picking up a two-one last-minute winner against Ludacrids at home? Um, yeah, well, I mean, everyone assumed that Ludacrids are shit because no one's heard of them, and because they are a little bit. No, they're not. Where? They were good. They were good. I mean, Liverpool were probably a bit naive, and that's only natural when you've not been in the competition for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and Liverpool haven't found the fluency of last season yet, and they find they're especially finding it difficult at home. Uh, to break teams down when they when they're not playing the diamonds, um, I think that's the biggest worry at the moment. Is that they'll play you know, one, one way to play, which is just to play kamikaze rather than controlling. Um, and so yeah, Ludogratz came with came with a game plan, and they were very good on the counter. And yeah, they definitely deserved at least a point. But it felt it felt a very important win in, in the group for Liverpool because. Means if you go to Basel and, and win, that's six points out of six. You assume Real beat Ludogorets. You've got two teams on six points after two games, two teams on zero points. It's very difficult not to go through from that position. So, massive win. And where do you think Arsenal's um, opening game loss leads in, in comparison to Liverpool? Is it, is it, is it a, a, a loss that you're going to struggle to make headway after? Or I don't is it think Arsenal have a problem in that, you know, if you put down the games. If you write down what you sh- the games you should win and the games you shouldn't win, Dortmund away, it's not a game you should win. That's fine. The problem is, can they pick up nine points at home? Tough. Can they go to Galatasaray and win? Probably not. And Leicester are a better team than everyone's giving them credit for. So I think Arsenal are not guaranteed to qualify and certainly unlikely to go top of the group. Um, but I thought actually, over as a whole, it was a really encouraging first week of the Champions League because everyone was a bit rubbish. Like all the big teams underperformed, all the all the middling teams actually overperformed. So you look at Dortmund, who everyone was sort of saying, "Oh, they're not the same." Brilliant, mm. Roma, superb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know when Real Madrid, Madrid as well. Real Madrid were awful. I don't know if you watched the whole game, but they were like stunning in the final third. They've mm. got unbelievable quality. James isn't as good as Di Maria, but he he will be. They clinical with their goals. Four goals in thirty five minutes. They can see. I think Basel had sixteen shots. Yeah, yeah. At the Bernabeu, like that's that's pretty. That, I thought that was quite exciting because a better team will do better. Yeah. Casillas made a couple of good saves. Could easily have been five three without much changing. And I thought, and then you know Chelsea looking a bit poor. Bayern and Man City wasn't you know it wasn't inspiring. So no. I think you know there's a chance. Like the last few years the big teams have been so a cut along. You can almost like last year, which was great. The eight quarter finalists were probably the eight best teams maybe seven of the best teams in, in the competition I think this year yeah, anything could happen and, and that it will make lower quality more exciting fair enough is, is that post World Cup unpredictability do you think partly that yeah I think also teams like the best teams in Europe have have done silly things to their squad Real Madrid have sold 
you know, probably their most influential player, if not their best. Two, two of them. Yeah. Well. And if, well, yeah, look at how good Alonso's been for Bayern already. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. But also the system. I mean, I've, I've watched quite a lot of Real so far this season. The Cordoba game, they were so good for half an hour, and then, I don't know, they just... They just stop. They've got nothing covering a back four that's not very good. Sociedad was the same. Sociedad, again, good yeah. first half hour. They were very good first half hour. They were rampant. And it, it was the same last night. You know, they looked absolutely brilliant for 35 minutes. They scored four goals. And if you do take the chances to score four goals, you're going to win most games. But mm. but then they sort of fade away. So, they, you know, Barca have not been stunning at the start of the season. They were pretty poor last night as well. You know, how often did Barca win 1-0 with a header from a set piece? <laughs> um Chelsea, I mean, they look good and good domestically, but and they should really challenge this year. City have started pretty ordinary. I think it's going to be exciting. I can't. But is it strange that the club that, as James said, are the naive team from England, they're the ones that have got the win, whereas everybody else has kind of fallen, fallen by the wayside in the first week? Come on, if any other English team had played Lillegrets, we'd be talking about them winning the first game of the group. Not, not that Lillegrets are a terrible side, but. They're not Dortmund. They're not Schalke. Even though Schalke are not that great at the moment, they're still a cut above Ludogorets, and uh, they're definitely not Bayern Munich. So, I, th- I think you know Liverpool should get through because it's, it's a winnable the group that you should get mm. at least second. Yeah, I think Liverpool and Chelsea have got the easiest groups. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Chelsea definitely have the easiest group, so that's why drawing at home to Schalke probably isn't as bad as. They think. I mean, they lost their first game last season home to FC Basel, so mm. they know how to recover from these setbacks. Also, last season they had an e- easy group, and they screwed it up. They screwed it up, and they still lost the winners. They, yeah. they should, you know, if any other team had lost to what was the third or fourth strongest team in the group twice, like Chelsea did, or they hit one point from Basel last season. Yeah, you know, but they they, they were fine with that because. But Basel have got a bit of. Um, I don't know. It's almost like they've, they've got a bit of a curse over English teams. Um, so, this, are you worried this, at all? This, this dates back to about well, two thousand and two, where Liverpool went. Liverpool, uh, I think, drew at home. So, season we had with with Valencia, Spartak Moscow, and Basel in the group. Valencia were dominant, dominant team in that group. They were, back when they were brilliant, Imar and all those. Um, and yeah, I remember playing Basel away. And Liverpool needed to win to go through, and they were three 0 down at half time. Got it back to three all, wherever we had that for, um, but didn't go through. It was um, I remember it, Gerrard uh, was shanked off at half time. It was one of his worst ever performances for Liverpool. Um, so yeah, they're always wary of the danger of Basel from that. And obviously, I remember Chelsea having a struggling against them a couple of years ago and Man United United as well and United back when they had Shaqiri wasn't it Um, did they did they beat Spurs over two legs in the Europa League a couple of years ago yeah I think they might have been actually or they they at least took them very close Mm. I can't remember Mm. Um, actually I wouldn't talk about the Europa League because then I'll be honest it's a bit of a blind spot Um, (laughs) um, yeah yeah. so my, my, my knowledge of the Europa League as well isn't you know isn't too good so I couldn't tell you what Spurs and Basel did Last year, let alone 50 years ago. Fair I think it was around the time when Bale kept scoring uh, amazing goals in the Europa League, like amazing last-minute winners, and then got his big move. Do we think, I mean, just to go back to Real Madrid, because we're on the Bale topic, can Ancelotti turn Bale into the new Di Maria? Because that's what's been mooted as... Just not sure why you'd want to. I mean, 
they're such they're such different players. I know Di Maria was more of a winger when they came on, but I've known just watching watching Bale this season and the end of last season, he does such you know mm. he's not he's not going to boss the game, but he does you know twenty second bursts of absolute brilliance. Mm. I think that's what what you want out of him. I'm not sure he has the skill set to be to be a Di Maria player. I still don't think he has that skill set. I do. Um, I mean, I know he's he's a wonderful player, and I think he's better than I gave him credit for when he was at Spurs. Um, but I still fear that if if his, if his hamstring goes, if he loses pace, I think it's difficult for him to adapt. I don't know. I think when you when you you kind of got a central role in Spurs, at Spurs, um, a lot of the great things he did weren't just about pace. He, he should for me, he should a lot of intelligence with moving the ball around. Um, seeing gaps, um, seeing spaces. Um, so I think actually when he gets older, he could almost do a gigs and adapt to a role like that. But I, I, I don't see how they could do it now. And it seems it just seems you'd be blunting one of the best weapons you have. Yeah. And why? I understand like you have to get the system to work, and the system doesn't work because it's just a, it's a midfield two that makes no sense at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and even if you turn it into a midfield three, mm. they still don't have the proper the proper sitting player unless you put Yaron in there. But I don't think you would. No. Um, Maybe that's what it takes to appease Ronaldo. But, but Ronaldo <laughs> is is, is pissed off year. that well, he's also pissed off that for two seasons in a row, the players that brought the best out of him have been sold. Yeah. Um, let's let's not get into a whole discussion about whether Ronaldo's come back to Premier League. It's not going to happen. No, no. I but, um, but you know, there's also I don't know where it was. There's a good article about uh, you know everyone talks about have we seen the best of Messi, but we've probably seen the best of Ronaldo. He's now at that point in his career where you know given how young he came through and how good he was he's at that age where he's probably not going to have another season that's quite as good as any season that's gone before Miguel Delaney said something very good um, during the World Cup on Twitter I think he might have written an article about it as well about maybe this is like the beginning of the end for Ronaldo because um, obviously the World Cup was playing with an injury and it came out he played with an injury for a long time um, and so much of his game is based on his explosive like physical power if he loses that I'm not sure just because of the way he's kind of developed himself and he's gone down quite a narrow specialist way of becoming like this game-winning player, he's he's not. I couldn't see him dropping back to become a playmaker or something. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't seem to have that set of skills. But what he could turn into, and I think what he showed against Cordoba is that you know he, if he sits as a, if he plays an out-and-out old-fashioned number nine, yeah, and when the chances come, thirty yards out doesn't matter in the in the box doesn't matter. He'll just ping one, yeah, and, and he'll still score. You know, goal every other game, which is you know very good for any other striker. I think he could do that job quite, quite comfortably. I agree. I agree. Uh, just just one last thing on strikers. Um, what do you think of Balotelli's turn against um, Lukaku? Was it? He's got his goal now. Um, yeah, good goal, uh, and should have been the winner if it wasn't for the kamikaze attacking in the 90th minute. Mm. It was a nice taking goal as well. It was very yeah, it was, and you know, it's easy to overlook that from a spell at City, but for all the negativity surrounding some of his performances and attitude but he was a big game player mm-hmm. always has been and so yeah just when just when it was needed he got the goal and it's it's good to get that monkey off the back you know early on can I ask do you think that's what you need in the last season if you looked at it I can't remember what, exactly what the stats were but, but what you had was you had Suarez Banging in goals left, right, and centre, mostly against the crap teams. Not yeah. actually, not mostly, but often against the crap yes, teams. Yes. And you had actually Sturridge's goals to points ratio. He was he was picking up your points. Yes. He was your big game yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. It now almost feels like you've got you've got two of those. Yeah. And are you going to have anyone who who scores a hat trick at Norwich well, every year? That's the thing. That's what that's what always 
sort of amused me over the summer was uh, the same people who were trying to downgrade Spiders' support to Liverpool were the same people saying how much Liverpool are going to miss him. Um, but no, I do, I do, I do, I do take that point entirely, and maybe that is Raheem Sterling's role is to be the it is is to be the flat flat track bully. Um, it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, it is a lot of responsibility. I was I was at Anfield on Saturday for the uh, Villa debacle, and Sterling was wrongly left on the bench, and he came on on about six to seven minutes, and I've never heard a noise like it for for a nineteen year old coming on the pitch. It was basically like um, cacophony of noise. Everyone standing, willing him on. They weren't applauding Adam Lallana's debut by any stretch. It was uh, you know it was expectancy on Sterling and for his 19 year old it's a, it's a heavy heavy burden in that sense do you think it is right wrong that he was left on the bench I think I mean I, I look at young English players I, think I look at Wilshire in particular at the moment and actually they do need to be downplayed they, they you know if, if you try and rely on, on Sterling to, to win you the league well, I'd much rather from an English fan and, and a Sterling fan and somebody who doesn't mind watching Liverpool play well mm. You know, I'd rather he had a, a slow season this year and a slow season next year, and at 25-26 he was a world-beater, than him have two great seasons this year, lead to the league or, yeah. or close to the league, and burn out at 23 with like horrible games. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you, yeah, you don't want that. Because that's why I'm quite happy with how United are treating Yanazai right now. Because um, there's, yeah. there's been a bit of like, oh, he's not playing every game, he's your best player. He doesn't need to. He doesn't. Um, but I also... Um, I don't know. He has actually, he has actually played every single game just as a sub, um, so he hasn't missed any Premier League game that United played yet. Um, so he is getting the minutes just kind of on the sly without people noticing. And I think that's that's you know come Christmas maybe um, when he's he, he's he's slotting into a system that's been set up rather than throwing a kid into something that's still in transition. Which I was actually quite pissed off that Moyes did last year. I mean, thankfully it came off and Yanis had won his games, but I thought it was really quite shitty to kind of go, oh my team's not working. I'm trial and error. Here's another thing I'm gonna try. Just throw the kid on, pile a little pressure on him, and just let him let him let him, yeah. let him go. A lot of people thought, "Oh, it's great you're giving youth its day," but I I didn't see it that way. I thought it was a very risky and. and I wonder the other lie. I mean, you say he came on and won games. He didn't, as far as I remember, he scored like two goals Sunderland. and three assists Sunderland or something. Game, but it, it it wasn't necessarily the goals and assists. He he, he literally stepped on the field and became the the best player on the park and he made the other players he just he just opened teams up not necessarily with the assist maybe with the pre-assist whatever you want to call it but he just he just brought an energy to the team that under Moyes was just nowhere yeah I think the problem this season if Yanisai has uh, a back a sort of backbench role is that where are the games because I think you're not you're going to play 15 you've got 15 games for you now on Christmas and I, there's no need to rotate the squad well, the bigger question is where are the injuries? Because United haven't got the most um, resilient players these days. Um, True. So I think you know Falcao is probably going to pick up a few. Robin Burst is probably going to pick up a few. I even think Mata might. I mean, he's already pulled up once this season, yeah. um, so he might need a bit of time out. And for me, I I, actually, I still think Mata's probably going to be on his way out of Old Trafford, and I think the Yanazai will take that number ten role. Okay. Plus, we sooner rather than later. I'm then not where's sure. Rooney going? I don't think Rooney's going anywhere. He's going to, he's going to take his wages. Surely the ten role. It's just got to be Rooney's now. If you no, keep Falcao, you keep Van Persie, and they stay fit. But if any if if anyone's going to be dropped for uh, Falcao at the moment, it's Van Persie. So it's Van Hal Van Persie situation. I just I just can't see it. Well, I mean, apparently that's called recently because he's come to Old Trafford. You know what Van Hal's like? He's he's not a sen- he doesn't have sentimentality as such. I think he's come in and 
decided oh, I'm personally my mate but yeah not, no thanks well I think it, I think it's uh, I think he realises that Van Persie is on the on the way down now. Yeah, I would I would, I would have thought. Um, to move back on to Sterling, I think one reason it's a mistake not to have started him, and I, I completely agree with you on the burnout issue. And I'm always a big advocate of <laughs> not burning them out, not placing too much emphasis on the young players. But if you look at Liverpool of 2014, there are three players that got the goals. If you from overplay, if you take Gerrard out of it. Sterling, Sturridge, Suarez. You can't play the latter two. One of them would be suspended, he's gone. The other one is injured. So it's Sterling. And not having him in the team means that the Liverpool attacking three is completely new to each other. They've never played before. And it showed, mm. showed massively. I mean, I think it's going to take a while for them to work out how to play with Balotelli, especially if Sturridge isn't playing. Because if Balotelli's up on his own up front, the movement's not there. Yeah. Players don't get close to him. And he really struggles if he's not got someone close to him. He worked really well when Barini came on at the weekend, cause Bar- um, in midweek, because Barini, perpetual movement, and he was getting close to Balotelli, getting layoffs and flick-offs. Lay-ons and flick-offs. So that's encouraging, and you'd hope that in the next few weeks he will, the players and the manager will understand how to get the best out of Balotelli while... Sturridge is injured because this isn't going to be Sturridge's only injury of the season he's going to pick a few up because he always does so just on that note then if we're going to move towards look at the Premier League ahead um, will Balotelli start again um, or will Lambert get his day at the weekend uh, yeah I, you know, I, mean, I, I would I would. he's got a goal so I'd start him again Yeah. Um, but I would like to see I'd like to just see Liverpool bin bin the formations that aren't the diamond. I know it's. A, I'm worried about it because I'm worried that there's only one way to play at the moment, mm. and we could get very predictable from a team that is renowned for playing so many different formations. There seems to be only one that only one that works at the moment. Um, and I would actually look to start if Joe Allen's not fit. I'd probably start Lucas, but not in a midfield two with Gerrard because that's just suicide. Yeah. Um, so you play a diamonds. You've got Gerard, Lucas Henderson, um, and then Sterling. And I think I drop Lalana. I know Lalana needs minutes, but you can have them in the cup next week. Mm. And play probably. I'd probably play Balotelli and Bruno up front. Do you not think? I mean, I don't. Know I drop. How. I drop Coutinho. I, Coutinho doesn't. He's, he's Liverpool's Wayne Rooney at the moment. He's got no position. I don't know how how Rodgers would feel about it, but it feels like. A lot of the players you spent a lot of the money on just don't fit into that system. I don't know where Markovic is there at all. Yeah. I, no, I was quite impressed with Markovic when I saw him, um, especially on the well, first couple of the games of the season. Uh, yeah. Surely he's got to play on a wing. Like, yeah. He can play through the middle, but it just, it just seems to waste what he does best. It does. I mean, on, on Saturday at Villa, he kept coming deep to get the ball. and I've not seen Markovic play much, but from what I've read of him, he's got blistering pace. He's a winger. He plays on the last man. Him coming deep to get the ball, sort of nullifies while Adam Lallana, while Adam Lallana was sort of hanging around up top. It was like, shouldn't they be switching positions? So, yeah, I mean, I don't really see, given that you know, if you think Coutinho is a player of that position, I don't see where Lallana fits in, and <laughs> because Coutinho is just a better version. And then Markovic, you need to be playing a winger. So the, if you're going to play a diamond, again, he doesn't really suit. That's a lot of money down the drain. But but this is only September, and. Of course. Uh, 
Rogers is 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 a, is a coach for first and foremost, and I'd be very surprised if he wasn't working overtime in getting these players on board of his his the sort of way of playing, maybe getting the diamond or trying different formations to work with these players. I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve for it, and come Christmas we could well see a reinvented Markovic in a different position, which we didn't think he could play because 12 months ago, if you said Raheem Sterling was a number 10. You're talking bollocks. Yeah. So, so we're going to go with Markovic to wing back then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, we don't need wing back. Moreno and Manquillo. Well, no, yeah. Sorted. Yeah. Um, but well, well, like, well, except really when Gun Johnson comes back and takes his place back, which is typical. And what's happened with Flanagan? He's injured at the moment. Ah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, anyway, so we don't get too bogged down with Liverpool chat. Um, yeah, good. Well, you know. Um, how did, you do, how did you do in the Champions League this week? Wow. Um, I'm actually quite surprised we didn't like get on the phone to Rangers and go, oh, do you want to do like a week, week, midweek friendly? You know, in front of... <laughs> it would have made sense to me, you know. Kind of, you, know you know when like, the, the, the European leagues at winter breaks have really big money friendlies I'm in sure the United breaks. will do that at some point. This I season. think they should. I think it'd be great. You know, yeah, you're going to the USA probably. Yeah, yeah. I think Dubai, it's going to happen. You have United flying out for a game against, you know... Ali. Yeah, someone like that. It would be... Uh, I don't know if I find it kind of uplifting that you know they found a way around it and they're trying to get the game around. Mm. It's, it's, it's all, I mean, obviously it's all corporate greed, but that's if that gets the game into other places in the world, that can't. That's not actually a bad thing. I'm not sure that's why they do it. No, that's not why they do it. it doesn't mean it's, doesn't <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm quite. I'm quite liking, in a way, having a year at Champions League just to. As, 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 <laughs> no, as long as it's. Make, make sure it doesn't become five. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing. That's what I mean. If, if, if they can kind of use this to regroup and just kind of hit the ground running next year, then great. But that's kind of what I was going to move on to next, because I think a lot of United fans thought before the start of the season, Liverpool and Arsenal were the two teams to kind of pinch top four off. Mm. Um, I've, I wonder I know, I know you're not sure if Welbeck was the right striker but when Giroud got injured I was like that's it Arsenal are the team that we can kind of pick at because they haven't got like, their, their main man up front anymore but now that you've got Welbeck and with Liverpool uncertain with, with their systems at the moment do you think that maybe Liverpool might be the ones that are at risk of dropping out or do you worry for Arsenal I don't, I don't think I'm not very popular for saying it I don't think Arsenal are guaranteed their fourth spot this season mm. um I also don't think Spurs are out of it. I think actually Spurs, everyone had a go at their spending last year. They actually bought really well last year. They yeah. bought very, very good players. They didn't give it time to blend into a system. They sat their manager. They basically might handle it as badly as it's possible to handle yeah. the score with seven new players. They got Team Sherwood, for God's sake. Well, they, they sat AVB, which they should never have done. They didn't give them any time to... It, there are lots of things that Tottenham did badly last year. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't give him time to blend in with the players he didn't sign anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah it was and then mess. and then Sherwood, you know, actually didn't have that bad a record. But when Tim Sherwood cannot have a bad record, you know, you've got an actually good squad. Yeah. And then they've got, you know, they. You look at if Lamella and Ericsson are playing well. Okay, Solano's probably a write-off now, which is a shame because he could he could have been quite good. Um, but they've got, you know, they've got real quality going forward. They've got a system that suits them now with a manager that's doing well. I could see two of Arsenal, Liverpool and United missing out. And I think it probably my money at the moment would be on Arsenal and United, mm. just about. But it, it, I think it's going to be another season where it could come down to any of them. Are we, are we right enough Everton? Or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Extra game a week. Just it's, Martinez came out yesterday and said, I will have to play the academy players in the league sometimes. 
maybe that maybe they've got six more John Stoneses, but probably they haven't. Well, they have, they have apparently got a, a couple more players that are meant to be the business, really. Like, um, John, well, well, no, but they have got. There's a couple of like central midfielders that are apparently quite good. I mainly know that from football manager. And my scouts tell me they've got some five star potential, players, <laughs> down there. but. Um, but no, it would be interesting to see because I mean Everton's you've, you can't really ever write them off they've got a pretty good record bringing through no. players to... I, think, I think the worry for Everton is that defensively they're very poor this season already and given that they were defensively good last season it kind of suggests that the more Martinez has worked with his defenders the, yeah. the less they remember how they defended under Moyes which was very well and so the more they're defending now like Wigan uh, do, you think, do you think it's because I'm not saying that they're going to become Wigan but I, the defensive soundness that was there last season has gradually been eroded over time given that I mean Rio Ferdinand has come out and said that he and his teammates were denied chips in the Moyes could it be that um, Roberto Martinez has given him too much like potatoes bravas <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, I, mean I, I, I haven't read that one they were denied chips yeah yeah, yeah. There's this whole thing Rio Ferdinand got in a big hissy fit with Moyes because they weren't allowed to eat chips the night before that was probably the, the straw that broke the camel's back well I think that's, that's kind of how he's playing spend like Jags and don't he, eat didn't chips he, didn't he call Moyes a bag of wank as well in his, his, his biography he said some pretty his, his, uh, what's the hashtag for his book by the way hashtag two sides no no is it hashtag hashtag two sides no it's just hashtag two sides as in like but if there's the book's called hashtag two sides then the hashtag is surely that's the hashtag end. hashtag two sides I know what he's getting at. If you're writing about it on Twitter, oh, I see. No, I think they tried to preempt you there. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. I think yeah. I mean, the, he's got to sell a book, and that's fair enough. And he wants to have a career in the media, and good luck to him. I mean, I don't, I don't why, know how why are two sides? What, what, what's that about? Because he's never had but, a chance to give his side before, except for but, all the times that he's spoken. He's like, every but he's big on the number five. I can't believe he hasn't put the number five in it. Hashtag five sides. Or, Mm. But there aren't five sides, are there? There's two sides. Hashtag five. <laughs> Just don't know, it's very old. Wait. Hashtag five, the book, yeah. Very um, I, I don't know. To answer your question, but uh, no I think the whole book has gone a little bit overboard. He just he said that Capello uh, treated the England team like a prison camp. Yes. I don't think he's been to many prison camps, if that's no. what he, he no. thinks it's like. No. Um, so I, I think that, you know, the largest pinches of salt should be taken with everything that he says in this book. Not because it's untrue, just because he has a way with the words and mm. he likes to mm. exaggerate a little bit. Do you think it's just one big exercise in murking the publishing industry? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It yeah. does definitely some maybe, maybe what is actually happening Everton is, you know, another thing more to say it for is saying to Rio Ferdinand, oh, this is this is what Jaggy Alcaraz has yes. done. Do you reckon Mart- Martinez is kind of going, this is what Alcaraz... To Alcaraz, <laughs> this is what you'd have done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no, I mean... I, I, you do well, you do wonder it, this this Dan has been so good for so long and when Everton signed him he was over the hill mm. he's like the, the Arjen Robin of five six years ago he's like the Arjen Robin yeah. of the defenders he gets, he gets quicker as I he mean gets he's older. eventually sooner or later it's going to go yeah but, I, think, I think it may happen and yeah, I yeah. think you know in John Stones I think they've got a ready made guy to come in but, but he is, Jaggy Elker as well um, he's, he's, he's one of these young defenders that you can see the talent is clear but he's not uh, faultless no, um, no. I mean, I, it was. I was having a conversation with Twitter the other day, um, but they were saying, "Oh, I, I don't rate Tyler Blackett, the United guy." And I say, "No, but you can you can clearly see the talent there. He's quite good on the ball and stuff. Oh, he makes too many mistakes." But young defenders, especially the ones that kind of have other attributes besides just being solid non defenders, often make mistakes. And I think it's the hardest. Jones, it's the hardest think, position to come from yeah. when you're a youngster. Because and I think Stones is kind of in that. I mean, kind of problem. Callum Chambers is having a similar thing. 
all looks superb on the ball, makes the odd brilliant tackle. He also dives into three stupid tackles a game, and and that's you know should be two bookings most of the time, and a goal conceded mm-hmm. third. Like he's he's a complete liability, despite obviously looking like a really good player. I just feel like I, I get that with with Chambers, and and I get that with Stones that actually look good enough that you stick with them. Yeah. I just, I'm not sure about Blackett. Oh, you see. As in, I've got got a friend who worked at Blackpool last year. And he said, you know, he's, he's, last year, it's okay, players develop and and I'm all for players getting better. Mm -hmm. But if a year ago he was borderline championship, you know, probably wouldn't get picked for a championship side that were not a great championship side. Mm -hmm. It's a huge step up. And maybe it's more mental. If he he has the mental aptitude to say, I'm going to completely do this I'm going to work hard and I'm going to be there yeah. he might get away with it but I just I see him being more of a Titus Bramble than a John Terry so yeah I see a lot of we're constrained into a bit of United loving now but um, so it's like we can move on to this just but, you. Um, here's just me yeah but I, I ramble too much but I, I kind of see a lot of kind of Johnny Evans in him and I know for people that find Johnny Evans a hilarious defender it's probably me giving the kiss of death but <laughs> I don't know, I, I think both him and Johnny Evans, they've got a kind of comfort on the ball. That's what MK Dons, that's a, that's a chapter of history we're going to glaze over now. Um, but glaze over. Um, I, I, think, <laughs> I think there's it, Blackett's, he's got something about him that I kind of saw when I, when I saw Evans, um, when he was coming through. So, I don't know, wait and see. I think, I think he'll surprise us all. I just think United will, would and will struggle to reach the Champions League if Blackett plays 20 games this season. Yeah, I also think it's yeah. crazy to try and play three centre backs. If you play three centre backs, you need five or six centre backs in the squad, and United don't have that. I think I, I just it, it Michael seems... Carrick will be back soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think Valencia can play centre back. Yeah, well, I think Shaw could as well. He's like he's what six one. Yeah. Like he's, a, he's an interesting player. I think I he's think a bit like Chambers in that sense. He's like a fat Chambers. I think every striker in the Premier League is looking at their looking around, saying, "If you want to play." Shaw, Valencia and Carrick as a back three we are absolutely happy <laughs> let's with that. also remember that Man United haven't played a good team yet yeah uh, I know so. and they've still not well we have they're called Swansea and the Beatles uh, yeah. Swansea are good this season I rate them you can't judge them against Chelsea because Chelsea are probably going to win the league but although I did see a thing and by see a thing I mean researched a thing uh, team top after five games have only won the league once after about the last eight seasons and they've all been top teams you know Arsenal, mm-hmm. City Liverpool was it Chelsea 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 are the ones who did it yeah but basically it's yeah Chelsea had a great start but Chelsea often have a great start and it's just no bearing but there is also I'm seeing echoes of Mourinho's second season and they won nine games when they won the first nine games yeah the title was over over by 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 October they had about 10 point point chance of a second or something I don't don't see one weakness in the Chelsea first team I think with City you can kind of you can uh, Perhaps City got the better squad overall, but I think there's a balance to Chelsea's team, and they've got the right amount of cynicism and kind of technique in there that City maybe don't have. I mean, Fernandinho is getting nasty by the season in a good way; like he's a proper little enforcer now. Goes. Well, I mean, that was the difference between. I mean, watching City Arsenal. I mean, City arguably could have won, arguably could have lost, but just the number of cynical fouls. Yeah. I just thought you've spent five hundred million pounds on this team. Surely you don't. But it, it worked, and you know they they got a good point out of it. I mean, Fernandinho is Brazilian for Darren Fletcher, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would sort of going back to Arsenal, perhaps. Um, I just find it staggering and yet unsurprising that Arsenal have a defensive injury crisis in September, mm-hmm. and I think I've counted about six or seven defenders on Arsenal's books really this season. So there's That's six. Might be generous. Six of whom. Kieran Glass Gibbs yeah. is one. 
and <laughs> Callum, so I'm 19, Chambers yeah, is another. Uh, so, I mean, I can understand getting rid of Vermarlin. Vermarlin went, Vermarlin is good, good business to good get business, that money right, for. Right deal. He just, but to, to, someone to, get, to get rid of him in the in, you know, beginning of August and no one come in. The yeah, player who's not been replaced really. If, if you say Vermeer's gone out and Chambers has come in, which is sort of a safe spot, then, then Jenkinson's yeah. gone out. Yeah, Jenkinson's, Jenkinson's the man who should not have been allowed And yeah. the other thing is that Wenger thinks Flamney can fill in at right back, which is absolutely fine, but he's got no holding midfielders. Yeah. Yeah. So there's actually... <laughs> Every position is covered, but it's all covered by someone else who needs to play another position. Yeah, so, yeah. so centre back is covered, except the Chambers is covering it right back, so yeah. he can't cover at centre back. Yeah. But Flamini can cover it right back, but there's no one to cover Arteta, who's also injury prone. Yeah. So Wilshire will have to drop back to cover the holding midfield, but he's injury prone too. So you and end all up this with time, Meza Ozil is still stuck on the left wing, which is fuck all. But despite all, I mean, you could I people have been ranting for hours about what Wenger's doing wrong and, and I, I have loads of ideas about how I would do it differently at Arsenal but he's still the best manager in the history of the club and you trust him and he'll get it right and we're not Arsenal will not finish outside the top four with Wenger there because they haven't and you just have to have that faith in him yeah. even if, if logically I don't think this season yeah. that's necessarily true I, I just it's you know lining up at Dortmund and just having Arteta in the holding role with Manners Absolute madness, and the fact that this is repeated madness, years but, upon years of madness. I mean, just getting completely crucified in these big games. That's because Wenger doesn't manage in reality. He I know he doesn't. He just, he just he just manages on what his team but does, the Dortmund, not the opposition. I mean, which I think actually is idealistic, and I don't mind that. The Dortmund but when game, it keeps going wrong. But the yeah. thing I found interesting about the Dortmund game. That's definition of madness. That's it's madness. complete mad. No, but, it's mad. No, but the Dortmund game was really mad. interesting because last season Arsenal went to Dortmund played very very similarly. Didn't concede that goal before half time. 1 1 0. Actually, really remarkably similar games. Everyone praised them for how you know resilient they were. Dortmund were in the midst of a horrendous injury crisis, which lost them pretty much all of their defence. Yeah, but so. they are now as well. Yeah, they are now. And the like, fact that Dortmund's a... second team are doing that to Arsenal, that relentless pressing, is, is impressive. So, if anything, Arsenal got worse. That's what we're saying there. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. No, I'm saying it's the same <laughs> position, the same, the same uh, performance two years in a row. And but that's you know, what if, the, if, but in two but, years it's been a decline. No, it's a safe performance. If if Welbeck takes his chance, what? I mean Arsenal. <laughs> every all of those games. Well, that doesn't take his chance. I know. So but in all of the games yeah. that you can talk about, you look at the, with the exception of Liverpool at Anfield, Arsenal had a great chance just before they conceded the first goal. In every other game, Chelsea, Giroud missed. They go on to lose whatever five six. Okay, six I, nil. That game has gone six from my memory. Uh, but against Liverpool. Should have scored at one all to make it one all. Straight after conceding the first goal, didn't take the chance, get battered. United uh, City last week, Welbeck has the best chance. Immediately, City go down the other end and score. If Arsenal could take the first chance of the game, they'd be a whole different team. It's 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 that tiny little detail that, that then and then having a goal scorer in your team. Well, it's not about a goal scorer. It's more about it's more about because Arsenal. I mean, if if Mourinho was managing this Arsenal squad, a they'd win the league. B, I don't think they would. They'd win the league because what they have, what Arsenal have, is slow defenders and rapid attackers. And Wenger says, "Oh, we will press high up the pitch. We'll, we'll, we'll control the game high up the pitch. We'll pass the ball side to side and we'll get hit on the break." And what Mourinho has said is, "We'll sit deep. Our defense will not concede any goals because we've got a fantastic back four defensively." Why would Mourinho? Is, would Mourinho bring play? over his um, physio, like physios as well? So yeah, he's, no yeah, yeah, yeah. But he'd also yeah. do that. But, but you know, Mertesacker. I don't think Mourinho would look at. 
your backline and go, that is a fantastic defence. Yeah. I, I can't wait to work with that. I think he would. I, I think, think he'd go, oh God, no. Oh, this, this, is, this is horrible. I think he Cavalier, would. I, I don't care how I'm <laughs> Get over it. I think, I think he'd, he'd, get, he'd I think relish he'd winning the league with Nacho Monreal. <laughs> I think Nacho Monreal, if Monreal didn't have to do constant attacking and realise he hasn't got the pace to get back and defend, if you're playing as a, as a fairly standard left Isn't back... Isn't that ifs and what, what about... No, I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> if you're a system that suited those players, it's a perfectly good back four. The problem is it's a system that... that is inverted to what should suit those players. It's, also, it, it's slow in attack and fast in defence, and it needs to be the other way around. Also, Mourinho would definitely sell it as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He no, because he loves it as well. I, yeah, no, just using the matter thing. Well, maybe he'd sell. Things though, Urzel is like I, I'm, I love matter, but Urzel is so technically brilliant and so creative that he doesn't have to. Track back, whereas matter isn't quite at that that's level. In there, for Azul runs loads. No, no, that's Ozil not. tracks back. He does. He's not very good defensively. That's, he's yeah, exactly. That, that's, but he does that's, do that's it. the same with matter. It's not that they don't try. They, they're just not athletes. Yeah, they're they're just basically like kind of weird post-human people from the future that are very good with their minds. Um, and you know, they're not actually kicking. They're using like telekinesis, and yeah. um, but they have the bodies to do the running. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's our bombshell for, for this. Well, my final word on Arsenal is um, terrible haircuts. <laughs> Who has got the worst haircut at Arsenal? It's a difficult question. Steve Bald. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with Steve Bald. I don't, I don't, I don't, like, the, um, I don't like how his, his shiny head clashes with his very dark eyebrows. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. It looks, it looks suspicious. It looks like he's using just for men above his eyes. Wait, that's, that's where I'm not keen. He looked exactly like that the first time I saw him play, which was about 1996. And he's still, <laughs> you know, he's not changed exactly. at all. Well, he has changed because he's been dying. <laughs> Clearly, he's trying, he's trying to stop time in his tracks. Um, who, who's your worst hairstyle at, at Arsenal? Um, After you've got rid of Sanya and Fino, can... How, can you, how can you say that? Well, no, I think they've been ostracised because they can't have these haircuts. Yeah, yeah. Dabushi's haircut. is pretty awful. Terrible. But they've all got the same haircut, apart from one... Um, apart from, it's like, the Dortmund Mertz. disease. Yeah, I mean, as soon as the Immobile got um, announced for Dortmund, I was like, well, yeah, he's got the hair for it, hasn't he? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, um, Wilshire's got the hair, even Ozil's got the hair now, Chambers has been there two weeks. Riziki, has got, got the worst hair. hair. He has got the worst hair by, by, by far. He's had the same hair he's, for about his entire life. He's an early noughties new metal bassist as a footballer. <laughs> he was born with that hair. He was, he was. Yeah, he's got the worst One of my favourite things to do, if I'm ever just, just bored... Go back and watch Rosicki in the Nike Scorpion advert from that 2001. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. Like, you know, 2004, maybe. He's 21, and you're just thinking, oh, who is this young, this young star? Like gonna, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> well, um, just to move on from, from, from the top four slash seven, I don't know. Um, Alan Pardew, he's gone, isn't he? Must be gone. I can't see how. I mean, it, it's, it's when Mike actually says he goes. If it were any other club, he'd be gone. Without a doubt, I feel what, like. What do you think Mike actually waiting for? Um, to we can use allegedly here <laughs> to find someone else he can employ on a low contract with little chance of relegation and small chance of success, so that he can just continue. There's no, there's making, no obvious replacement. I mean. I, I would I would argue there is, but we'll, we'll get who's, to this. I mean, someone, I who's, think, someone who's not going to challenge the upper the echelons of you know not get into Europe, but not get sucked into a relegation. There are basically fight. three managers. Ba- they basically need that manager. It's probably Tony Pulis. But, the, but Tony Pulis. I thought Tony Pulis is the obvious footballing just, manager to go there. But 
Pulis has just left the club because he didn't have full say over transfers. Yeah. There's no way he's going to go work under Ashley, and if he does, he'll hate it. <laughs> yeah. You've got Steve Bruce, who's desperate to work for them, but it would be a terrible career move for him. It would be, be a career Because he's just got whole. Exactly, quite an interesting with a really position. nice team. He's yeah. just nicked players off Newcastle. Ben Arthur, They're like oh, oh, so I think. Oh, and, and he's absolutely. I don't care. I love him. He's, he's loved by the Hull fans. Yeah, you know, like I think it would be crazy for Bruce to leave. Maybe he will. But the only thing I can see him leaving for is if the owner is going to just drop it, and then he's definitely like, be Malky Mackay. No way. Mike Ashley would appoint Malky. No way. Yeah. Replace Bance Pardew for Bance Mackay. Yeah. yeah. There's no yeah. way Mackay is getting a job in football in the next year. There is under Mike Ashley. I just don't. I think he'd rather hold on to Pardew. Malky Mackay might get into a relegation battle exactly. and he doesn't want yeah. that to I, me the, 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 the man who should go to Newcastle if there's any justice in the world and, and logic and reason still has its place in, in our modern civilization, is uh, David Moyes it just yeah, is so Europe, perfect European football it, they don't want that at St James's Park but the thing is for me, for it's me not for them. it's not for them Newcastle are, the, are Everton with a budget if Everton when, when Moyes kind of was kind of getting, getting involved with them I, I, no I, ambition I, yeah yeah, well, agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about that here we is, go. Here we I, go. I mean, they've got, they've got money to to kind of buy interesting players, which Moyes will go. Oh, I'm the Belgian third division. He looks good. I'll get him. And it, the, I mean, when he when he signed, who was that Russian player? Billy yeah, Massive gamble that kind of fucked Everton for a good season or two. He wouldn't have that kind of problem at Newcastle if he went out and splurged a little. Bit. I mean, there's two things. Firstly, I think no manager who really really trusts themselves is going to want to work under. Mike Ashley it just doesn't make any sense mm. and I don't think and I think also Moyes is just a bit too big for that he thinks he's too big for that that's the problem I don't think he'll go there mm. the one he's going to get into the Kirbishly pocket where he just he's constantly available and the one thing I've heard that really sounded interesting I have no idea if there's any veracity behind it Steve McLaren I think yeah. Steve McLaren would be an absolutely fantastic manager for Newcastle he's a really good coach he's done really good things he wants another shot in the Premier League there's no way he'd get them relegated he also you know, probably won't. Take I'm not sure about. There's no way getting relegated. I'm, Steve McLaren is a very good manager. He, you look mm, at what he, I, I think he'd be a, a, a surefire. If I were Mike Ashley, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't really. I think I'd be a risk to some extent because um, I don't think he's shown that he's. He, he looks very good in the Championship, but I'm not sure if he'd look good enough in the Premier League. He, did look good in the, he, he looked good in the Premier League. He looked good well, in the Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Yeah. He did very well with I, Middlesbrough. I, I think that was a little bit of Di Matteo at Chelsea. So he had some very good players. Well, so he kept, kept thrashing Arsenal and Man United, didn't he? When he was at Middlesbrough. That's true. Which was very odd. He's a he's a good manager. He's a good coach. I think he he deserves another shot. He basically has been pilloried because he had a terrible England career. But everyone has a ter- terrible England career. It doesn't mean Capello wasn't a good manager does mean Hodgson wasn't a good manager but yeah you, you can do badly in England and still be a good manager plus he could you know get in front of Anita Yanmar cool and be like sure today sure. um, <laughs> and then and then in front of the press and, and in the press uh, he'll take on a Geordie accent yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I'll on the tiny all of mine Shay James's Park how you shave big stadium eh yeah. <laughs> it's probably a good thing that Elko couldn't make the podcast uh, <laughs> yeah um, Mikhail if you're listening I apologise as well um, but yeah um, I just don't I just I just think Pardew will just keep on going like it's it's far too soon for Ashley to be pressing the panic button even if he's an idiot and, he's not an idiot but I mean, like, like, safety's aid yeah, like, okay. all his failings is not an idiot yeah okay and but for all, like for all intents and purposes, it would cost him a lot of money to to, to sack Pardew, and I just think he's too proud for that to have to pay Pardew all this money. And 
you know, it's all a bit dodgy anyway. Mm. Not so everyone you, knows what's going on. So you think he kind of knew this was going to happen, put him on a long, long-term, but low, low-wage thing, so it's like, look, you're not going to get sacked, but I'm not going to pay you much. But yeah. isn't he on a... I thought he had a one-year termination clause in his... Uh, his contract he got this massive eight year contract but he can be sacked after one he can be sacked with one year compensation at any point which is yeah which <laughs> is the most, I know, the most ridiculous thing ever but I th- I th- I'm pretty sure that, that came out well then Parchy's gone he must be gone because it's not going to cost that much to get mm. rid of him then yeah but I think it's more about can actually find someone else cheap to yeah, yeah. To there's got to be a clause in it like when you leave you cannot enter any of my casinos or... <laughs> You can't wear a shell suit. Yeah. Bought from Sports Direct. Some, some heavily allegedly isn't here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably best to move on. Um, and I mean, since and some good lawyers. <laughs> today is the day. Uh, the Scotland will be voting yes or no for independence. Um, obviously, it's a you'll be listening, podcast. and you might know what happened. You might because you know it depends how quickly we edit this, but. Um, but yeah, we thought a good way to end the pod this week would be to talk about um, an all-time and well, Premier League show everyone how little we know of Scottish. Exactly, football. I we thought we, we'd, really sh- we'd show our we'd show our, 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 our brethren if, of, uh, north of the border just how much you know respect and knowledge we have for their culture, yeah. ways of being, and football by kind of fucking this section up. Yeah, so it's, um, a bit, it's a bit of a shit thing, isn't it? Like the Scottish independence are so big, but but Scotland's already independent in football, isn't it? So it's. it's it just has no impact. It's what, interesting. What happens if, if they do go independent? Do, do Scottish football results get announced on the BBC? Dear God, we hope not. Does because, this, I mean, I am I'm, sick of hearing about Forfer and... East Fife. Whoa, 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 whoa. Forfer are my uncle's team. You be careful now. Right. Yeah, he goes up there five times a year to watch them and they know him because there's about five people. <laughs> they know the him. Yeah. Actually, he's my Dutch uncle, so it's... Uh, <laughs> Again, yeah, oh, <laughs> 4-5 league, uh, good football. Um, <laughs> Mikhail Elko, I'm, I'm very sorry. Um, and, and all our Dutch sisters. Um, where are we going with this? Oh, that's it. Um, there's a good piece in World Soccer. How, how if, if Scotland do go independent, because of Russia and Spain's um, kind of problems with their own parts of the country wanting to, you know break off independence, they'll push for FIFA to kind of kick Scotland out so they have to reapply again become a FIFA nation they won't be able to just transfer their, their but they're already a FIFA nation yeah but they're a FIFA nation as part of uh, as a nation within the UK apparently there's some it, it's a it's a credible they, threat basically. they're one of their like there are like 13 countries that are members of FIFA that are members of the UN and Scotland Wales and Northern Ireland yeah well that's because that, it's almost like a grandfather rule it's because they were in for yeah. so long if they go out of the UK, I think Russia and Spain will go with that line of argument. Look, they're not a UN nation yet, so therefore they can't apply to join our competitions. Um, so they'll have to drop Back. out and reapply. I mean, it's it's what it's one of these legal things. It's not like anyone saying no one's saying this is definitely going to happen. But I think yeah. I think the Spain Spain and Russia's kind of lawyers will be definitely pushing that kind of angle to deter Catalonia, the Basque country. It's probably uh, a very conspiracy about it as well, isn't there? <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> It's all, it's all about oil. It's all about oil, lads. Yeah, all about oil. Yeah. Um, There's oil in the North Sea, did you know? There is. I in the West Sea, but all the nuclear-powered super submarines are stopping it. I think we are so outside of oil. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Shall we get onto this um, this first eleven? Because I mean, really, we're just trying to procrastinate, so we have to do it, aren't we? Let's be honest. That's what's happening here. Right. Jim Layton, a goal. Or Jim Layton. Jim Layton. Or Jim Craig Layton. Craig Alan McGregor. 
we're getting, we're getting worse. Definitely needs to go in. <laughs> it's probably I think Alan McGregor's better than, than Gordon because he's actually fit. David Marshall, just bring it out there. David Marshall, oh, oh, I think the problem with this is we're gonna gonna name like the great, and then we're gonna go into like the three that are in the Premier League now <laughs> for every position. Well, I think that's a good way of you know yeah. bringing someone up and bringing back. Is it Jim Layton or Andy Gorham? Please, Jim, Jim Layton. Okay. Andy Gorham didn't really do enough in the Premier League. Okay. Are we playing Alan Hutton at <laughs> right back? Oh, please, can we not be? Oh, there I can't must really, be a better Scottish right really back. Of, <laughs> I just can't think of any. There must be twenty. Like, <laughs> oh. Darren Fletcher played a right back for my United. Oh, he's got a position. He's got a position. If well, Darren we... Fletcher doesn't play in the middle, Charlie Adams is shooing, and that can't happen. Oh God, that's very true. Are you going to play the register role, or we're not doing that? <laughs> we could do a three-five-two then. With um, let's not do that. That's a horrible thought, isn't it? At least yeah, um, if we had three-five-two, we wouldn't have to think about. Alan Hutton we could go with yeah let's just do that let's just be ahistorical and let's do that can we just do 235 even can we just can we just do Craig Levine's 460 formation oh god oh god tribute to the great man no 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 I refuse I refuse it's horrendous Um, so should we we do a back three because I don't have to worry about four backs cool Cool. Alan Hansen Alan Hansen Colin Hendry Colin Hendry of course Um, and I was saying Stuart McCall earlier and you can play him in the field instead but I just plus he'd pick a fight and he's such he's just like the most Scottish man in the world yeah he's ginger he's ginger and he's aggressive and he's got a big face yeah yeah sounds good to me let's go with that Um, okay we've got um, the midfield five obviously Charlie Adam we have James McFadden James McFadden obviously yeah James McFadden Charlie Adam just got a goal that stabbed the front I mean just like Darren Fletcher Darren Fletcher he's Um, going to be in there he's in the Vidal role going back a little bit not too far Strachan John Collins Strachan and John Collins yeah. they've got to walk into that team well that's that's the five then maybe a midfield three of so so Fletch we're, well, we're talking about Premier League aren't we really are we, are we only going Premier we are, League we're doing all time are we doing all time fair enough I mean, our all time. Hanson didn't play in the Premier League um, I mean, I, he, did, he did watch over it yeah alright this is our all time we'll do a Premier League one after this cause that's going to be so much worse <laughs> well, yeah it's going to be brilliant as well um, so, so, so what Fletcher Strachan and um <laughs> No, not Charlie Adams. <laughs> Gary McAllister. Gary McAllister's oh, got to yes. be there. Yeah. Where's John Collins? Darren Fletcher, gone. Oh, no. Darren no, Fletcher. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll How many Scotsmen have won the Champions League? We'll put, we'll put Gary Fletcher Mack on the right, right wing. wing. Gary Mack on the right wing. Darren Fletcher on the right wing. That's fine. Get Archie Gamble on the other side. That's quite a nice little balance there. Where's your James McFadden? We've got three strikers. We've got a bench, mate. We've got two strikers to pick. I'm sorry, there's two strikers which you're not going to be able to... You're on leash. Duncan Ferguson, mate. What is <laughs> oh, oh, God. Stan Gleish. Stan Gleish. Duncan Ferguson. Come on. Take no. the right part of the Mersey. Mersey. Are you going to be our Premier League one? Yeah, Yeah, that, that was the idea, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that works. So what we got? We've got Ingo, we've got Jim Layton. Yeah. yeah. Back three. <laughs> Alan Hansen. Colin Hendry. Stuart McCall. Stuart McCall. <laughs> Midfield five. of um, Darren Fletcher on the right. Yeah. Archie Gilman on the left. Um, McAllister. Collins. Collins. And. First, we go with? We didn't go with McFadden, did we? We definitely didn't pick McFadden. Soonest! Soonest! Fucking hell! Guys! We we rescued it! (laughs) Absolutely rescued it! That team's doable now! And then, oh fucking hell! (laughs) I'm fully leaving that as the responsibility of the man. Can't believe I'm the one that. <laughs> <laughs> Up front, we've got Law and um, Dalgleish. 
That's, that's not a bad side, actually. No, that's all right, yeah. It's got some good, hard-working players in there. It's got, for a major tournament. It might do, might do. It's got the right amount of niggle with uh, Sunas and McCall. <laughs> it's got just especially if you bring niggle. Ferguson off the bench. He's <laughs> doing this <laughs> Right, Premier League, Premier League. Because you're going to have oh. to head off soon, aren't you? Yeah, don't, don't make us do a Premier League. Oh, no, because you've got a Duncan Ferguson in there, mate. And <laughs> Duncan Ferguson and Stephen Fletcher. What about, the worst, what about the worst Premier League Scottish eleven? Like, players who have... The thing is, the greatest and the worst would still have Alan Hudson in it. Like, players like Grant Hanley, who unbelievably, like, is against Germany, Grant Hanley is the main... Grant Hanley and Russell Martin as centre-backs. Like, I mean, we could just name the Scotland, Scotland team at the moment. Like, why? Why are these players playing international football? Scott Gemmell could come in you know oh we didn't have Strachan in our all time team oh no we dropped Strachan Strack to get Sunes in yeah oh, oh. is Strachan is Strachan over Gemmell we could play we could go back to four, back, four at the back and we play Fletcher at right back <laughs> <laughs> who's playing left back cool <laughs> why not yeah I think we should leave it there <laughs> <laughs> If you vote yes or no, don't come to us with any. <laughs> Please stay. Let's just say it's a squad. We'll put it on the website squad. later. Yeah, we're not gonna just, just use your imagination. We're not gonna edit that. It's a squad. <laughs> you figure it out. So yeah, that that was episode eleven of the False Nine. Um, our tribute to Scotland. Our tribute to Scotland. Please where we be. almost forgot Graham Sooners, <laughs> and we did forget Strachan. <laughs> we did. It's a squad game. It's, it's a squad a, game. Yeah. Um, oh, who's the manager, by the way? That is a big one. Who are you going to have as the best Scottish well, manager of all time? I, you, you've got to have a. You've got to have two. It's Fergie and Shankly. I don't see how they work together. Whereas I Steen, don't either, but it'd be great. No, but Steen and Ferguson work together Jock in real Steen. life, it's so it's got to be Jock Steen and Ferguson, surely. Because they actually did it in real life, and they were so Shankly, know. director of football. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, neither of those managers are working under a director of football, are they? <laughs> <laughs> they would work under. <laughs> he could be the uh, David Bernstein kind of character. Well, Eddie Shankly's just, uh, just just deify him, just have a statue, and just repeat some words he said all the time. That's, you, think, you, think, you, think, yeah. say, you think you think a loop will make that's um... yeah. cool? So let's, we're going to go have a big, nice glass of scotch each. Um, yeah, yeah. Aye. That's the sound of the scotch being open. <laughs> Don't know why it's fizzy. Fizzy scotch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> The taste of summer. Um, so yeah, we, we've been the false nine. Um, as always, I've been Greg Johnson. Uh, James, any any, let's say farewell in, in any certain way. So nay, nay. Um, Johnny, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I, I hope we haven't taken too much time from your day. No, not at all. Cool. Um, any, any words you'd like to say to the, the good ladies and gentlemen of the false nine listenership? Um, yeah, just uh, last time I came on on this show, I made a very very strong prediction. <laughs> went on a different podcast three days later and that prediction had, had not gone, oh, gone right that. Yeah. That was so uh, if anyone wants to remember my predictions about the Champions League and how Arsenal won't get in there and play them back to me at the end of the season or alternatively Joe Mourinho. Devine if you're listening <laughs> but if, if Mourinho takes over at Arsenal in a few years time and he, he sells the defence <laughs> then we can we can go back neither to this. of those things are going to happen well football is a, it's a funny old game cliche ridden bollocks <laughs> um, yeah thanks for listening um, see you again soon bye cheers
Bonnie, Bonnie.